Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John. You're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting from Leander, Texas. It is 5.58 in the morning, May 6th, 2022. This is episode number 455. It's Friday, as you can see from the little Friday picture painting thing. I have a painting for every day of the week. Um, this one, my wife did the writing on that, um, very salon, salon style looking, she's a hairstylist and we have a salon in our garage. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, maybe she should do hang this in the salon and then, uh, have, um, schedule book all her clients on Friday. I don't think that she would like that though. She has specific days, but anyway, uh, this is my morning crypto show, uh, video blog brain dump. This is my time to, uh, just kind of meditate on life and um, just things that I'm doing before I go to work each day. And um, yeah, I'm pretty deep in it, as you can see, 455 episodes deep. And um, yeah, this is not financial advice. I'm not shilling anything. I'm not sponsored by anybody. Um, I've had people offer to sponsor the show, but then I'm bad at keeping up with that stuff. I'm like the worst businessman ever. Um, I just, you know... I don't want to keep up with having to like um, meet these requirements. I just want to come on the show when I want to come on and I want to talk about what I want to talk about. And that's it. You know, I'll do other stuff for other people. I'm booked chock full of podcast work, you know, for um, uh, content editing and mastering other people's podcasts. And I like that. That's fun. Um, but for my own show, I want to keep it my show. You know, it is what it is. This is, you know, like I said, this is my time. This is my time in the morning before I have to go be something for everybody else during the day. Um, anyway, so let's take a look over here over at CoinGecko. Everything is looking absolutely dismal um, in the, you know, as you can see, everything is like really in the red. I don't know what happened because um, yesterday started out in the green. Um, apparently there was some kind of, you know, regulation hearing or something, and it wasn't as bad as people thought and, uh, everything, it was green for a while. Um, and everything yeah, had a lot of optimism in the space. Then just suddenly like yesterday, I guess around noon or yesterday afternoon, it, everything just like tanked. And I don't know what happened except for Tron, which is weird. I even Tron kind of tanked. Um, but yeah, uh, I have zero clue what happened and why it did that. Um, you have Bitcoin down at $36,263 and 17 cents. Ethereum at 272030. Um, yeah, BNB, the Binance coin 379.64 down 6% in this past seven days. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, Solana took a hit yesterday, 10%, almost 11% down to 8287, down 15.4% over the past week. Um, yeah, Polkadot took a major hit, 10% hit. Avalanche took a 12% hit, down 14% over the past week. Uh, I mean, so yeah, a lot of things took really bad hits. The crypto.com coin, um, they announced that they're going to be limiting a lot of the benefits on their credit card. 
um, that they have out. And so that took a major hit. So there's a lot of things in the crypto world that are taking hits right now. It's kind of 2018-ish, you know, back whenever uh, you had the 2017 ICO craze and everything was going gangbusters and wild and there was a party in the crypto space. And then 2018 hit and everything just crashed. And I feel like that's kind of what we're going through right now. I mean, I don't even know if this is the uh, this is the end of of a crypto crash. I think we're going to have a crypto. I think we'll probably go lower, honestly. Um, But you know what? I'm going to keep doing what I do through this time. Um, I know everything's going to go back up. That's just the way it rolls. And, uh, you know, you don't panic during this time and uh, sell off everything you have at a loss. Uh, (laughs) You just keep on going, man. Keep on trucking. So, yeah. Um, And that's what I do because I believe in the Web3 technology. Um, I believe in the overall um, independence and autonomy of people's financial freedom, and especially during the um, the upcoming days that we have here of a surveillance society creeping in our life, um, them trying to mandate things like vaccine passports and other types of stuff, um, you know, and trying to bring in a social credit system, trying to bring in central bank digital currencies to control all the money. And if we have no cash, and they're trying to bring in a cashless society, and if we have no cash or no other way to transact other than the the, the form of currency, digital currency, in which the government issues to us, then they get to control where we spend, how we spend, what we spend on, how fast we spend our money, you know, and it's, it's just not, not a good thing, you know, when you can't even give a, you know, a kid in the neighborhood 20 bucks to mow your front yard, you know, um, that's a problem, you know, <laughs> whenever you can't have a lemonade stand without there being some kind of regulation around it, you know, that's a problem. So a cashless society is not a good thing. Um, crypto is, but the thing is, is there's always a push and a pull, you know, a centralization and a decentralization pushback. And that's healthy, I, I, I think, you know, it creates a balance. Um, but um, so with this major push and centralization, with all this FUD on cryptocurrency and Web3 and stuff and all the FUD that you're getting on Bitcoin, FUD means fear, uncertainty and doubt. There will be a pushback, you know, and innovation occurs whenever centralization gets too tight. And, um, you know, innovation a lot of times occurs for the whole purpose of decentralization to allow to give the power back to the people. So, yeah, that's why I believe in crypto and why I believe in Web3 and why I'm doing what I'm doing, not because I'm scared of some kind of price crash. You know, we'll work our way through this. This is just just what happens. But because I believe in the bigger picture of all this stuff. And, and I believe in, you know, I believe in maintaining financial freedom. You know, Mark Zuckerberg wants to incorporate, you know, Facebook and control the entire metaverse and some and the access to it. But there are a lot of other good projects out there that wants to create uh, open access for everybody to create an open source metaverse, you know. And I don't think the metaverse is the tool of the devil in order to trap us in and enslave us in society. I just think it's another platform for people to be able to express themselves. Um, but if it's done in a centralized, closed off manner to where all, our, all of our um, online daily business is closed off and permit permissioned only for you know, people who qualify to go into the metaverse and do their daily business. And what if that daily business 
um, really starts to affect how you live outside of the metaverse, you know, then that's a problem. You know, say, for instance, you have to have some special set of medical qualifications in order to enter and use the metaverse, which at that point will be the Internet. Right. And, uh, you know, then you can't get anything done if you don't have the Internet nowadays. You can't even pay your dang light bill. Right. Um, so that could be a problem, you know, so an open source metaverse that allows everybody um, access no matter what, you know, I think that that's fine. Um, so anyway, I, I, I get on rants here and I, I apologize for that. Um, I'm eight minutes in and I hadn't got to tell you what there's a lot of stuff going on in the crypto space. You know, um, we had DeFi summer in 2022. And what I mean by DeFi summer was whenever decentralized finance first came out. And it's decentralized finance is a way to circumvent the banking system, right? And it's a way if a bank banks and a, and a bank savings account at most will give you what 0.1 percent on, on a what they call a high yield savings in account, right? So um, yeah, there's no way to make money, and I believe in Europe. I mean, you're you're you have negative interest rates, and what you're paying a bank to hold your money, and essentially, I mean, banks even in the United States, they they charge you know I don't know how much per year, but you know sometimes that that is more than the interest you make on savings. <laughs> you know, so it, it essentially is a negative interest rate. Well, what DeFi does, it allows you to take your crypto wallet and um, plug it in, and it allows you to to save. And, and lock in your crypto and borrow against it and and lend your crypto to other people at a higher interest rate you know um, centralized exchanges will offer between you know five to twelve percent you know or three to twelve percent I mean it's some, some really good interest rates compared to banks honestly but then you're on a centralized exchange Celsius was doing this you know Blo Celsius is doing this blockfi nexo um, but the problem is, is regulations, they're starting to get hit by regulations. Celsius recently got hit by regulations. So decentralized finance, and they hold the keys to your crypto. They have custody of your crypto and they do what banks do. Whenever you put your crypto in there, they take your crypto and they invest it in other protocols and stuff like that. And they earn a higher interest rate and give you a cut, right? So decentralized finance puts all that control to you. You have the keys to your crypto. You own your crypto the entire time. And if you want to take some of your uh, USDC or some of your, of your Ethereum or some of your Bitcoin and you want to lock it up and you want to borrow against that to have liquid cash to maybe go put a down payment on a car, um, maybe to invest in another protocol and earn another uh, whole set of interest over there, um, you know, or, you know, to do whatever, you know, to start a business, to have some liquid funds while you don't necessarily have to use all your savings because your crypto is locked up with a very small interest rate uh, on what you borrowed and then you can pay it back on your own time or you can provide your crypto to lend and you you lock it up and you lend it um, at a at an interest rate you know and a lot of times that interest rate is a lot better than uh and in every case, that interest rate is a lot better than what you would get at a bank. You can provide liquidity. Um, so what uh, decentralized finance has is automated market makers in which you would take 50% Ethereum, 50% USDC, for example, right, and lock it up. And that provides some liquidity pool for people to swap back and forth tokens, right? And so you earn a percentage of those transaction fees, you know, according proportional to your... your um, 
how much you have put into that liquidity pool. So there are a lot of things you can do with DeFi that that allow you financial freedom, autonomy, and um, you know give you opportunities that the credit system is designed to exclude you from. Systemically designed to exclude you, right? And this is a way you can get around that credit and banking system by taking control of your finances. And the banking system hates this. You know, the government hates this. You know, the SEC does not like this. Uh, so the, this is, you know, this has been like what I'm talking about, that push against centralization. Well, this whole um, influx of decentralized finance um, has been a really large push against it. Well, now we're getting pushed back against DeFi, you know, through regulation and through FUD and all this other stuff. So um, that was the DeFi summer. Then we had last year, we had the NFT craze. And uh, we just recently saw Ethereum pretty much shut down from the Board 8 Yacht Club um, uh, land, the other, other deed land sale. And I'll get into that in a little while. Um, but yeah, you know, the NFT craze is, is, is here. And I think it's kind of near the end. And what I see now is possibly a layer two summer. Now, Ethereum has issues, okay? Ethereum is based on an auction system. It's a layer one, it's what's called a layer one blockchain. And um, it, it's highly secure and it's pretty decentralized. Um, not as decentralized as Bitcoin, but more decentralized than all the other blockchains um, besides Bitcoin. Um, and it's on its way to becoming from proof of work to proof of stake. Um, however, Currently, there's what's called an auction system. In order to get your transaction through, you have to basically be the highest bidder um, you know, with gas. And the, the, the gas is what pays for the transaction on Ethereum. And uh, you pay Ethereum in order to get your Ethereum transaction through. And so if you want to buy an NFT, you have to pay gas. And then the higher gas you pay, the higher uh, chance you have of getting your transaction through faster. How, that's that's fine, you know. Normally, I mean, gas has been high, you know, because there's a lot of people wanting to use the Ethereum network, and uh, you know, this the the network just really can't handle all that demand. And as we saw with the Board A Yacht Club, um, other deed sale, um, I think it was last weekend, uh, it basically locked up Ethereum, and it created a huge bottleneck, and a lot of transactions failed, even though a lot of people were paying extremely high gas prices for it. Um, so, what is one way to alleviate? that it's layer two solutions and layer two solutions um, are things like arbitrum and polygon and optimism um, and uh, the boba network i mean all these are layer two solutions and these are basically other blockchains built that that attach to ethereum and finalize their transactions on ethereum but they do a lot of batch processing on their own little chains right and um and so that that is a layer two solution. Um, I love layer two solutions. I like Arbitrum. Um, Arbitrum and Optimism kind of seem to be competing, but I don't I don't think that they're necessarily competing. Bankless actually did a couple really good episodes about layer twos this last week. Um, are layer two solutions parasitic or are they uh, good for the Ethereum ecosystem? And they argued they could be parasitic. A lot of people can argue that Arbitrum and Polygon and Optimism could be par parasitic to the Ethereum by sucking away the liquidity. I don't think so. Um, I don't think that right currently they suck away enough liquidity, but 
the thing is, is whenever these layer two solutions like Arbitrum and Optimism, when they create these batches of transactions and then they send those transactions over to Ethereum to finalize on the Ethereum block, they are paying gas. So in the future, the highest percentage of gas that will be used won't be done by individuals because individuals won't really be able to play around on the ethereum layer one chain it'll be these layer two solutions doing their transactions that are done by you and me and they'll be finalizing those transactions on the ethereum blockchain and they they're going to be the ones paying the gas not us um we pay the gas to the layer two solutions so yeah i mean i think about it and i use a a metaphor an analogy of a, a restaurant you know and you have you know the restaurant establishment you know and and uh you have the restaurant manager and you have the servers and the servers go around every single day and at every single little table and during their shift they sit there or they don't sit there they run around and they take everybody's orders and then they run the, run people's cards and they do all that um uh, during their shift right and at the end of their shift they have to tally everything up and turn in all their receipts to the manager right and put it in the cash till and then at the end of the day the manager takes all that cash and all those receipts uh zips it up in the pouch and then takes it to the bank right so all the transactions that are done during the day at the restaurant during that shift those are the layer two transactions right and then at the end of the day those layer twos will the restaurant will take the the zip pouch over to the bank and the bank is the Ethereum network, right? And that's the layer one solution. The manager will you know, turn it all in. And I imagine if there was a transactional cost to be able to have to turn that in, um, well, instead of the customer sitting at the table having to run and go take care of their transaction at the restaurant, um, at the bank, you know, they have the manager does that with the bundle of transactions at the end of the day and turns it in and, and takes care of that you know, that transaction. And if there's if there were a fee associated, he would take care of that fee. Um, so or she, you know, he or she would the manager would take care of that fee. So, yeah, that's kind of my little analogy between Ethereum and the layer two solutions. So we've had these layer two solutions being formed um and they are nowhere near the transactional um quantity that let's let's check it out here um what are the on the top of my head there's all these applications it was a DeFi llama maybe no not DeFi llama uh man i can't think off the top of my head about which one there's um layer two viewer uh, let me let me take it take, let me just do some uh searching here um layer two transactions uh view and i'm just layer two tra- i'm just gonna do a search on layer two transactions view and view and see what i come up with and i know the name will pop up um Ah, man, I, I know that there's some kind of website that goes through and it shows the amount of, of uh, Layer 2's transactions that you see going on uh, pretty much in real time, but I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head. And I'll probably think about it later later on, like around like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be like, ah, that's it. Um, okay, well, anyway, here in Ethereum.org, uh, total value locked in Layer 2, and it's loading up an average Layer 2 Ethereum um, so to, there's $6.23 billion in locked in layer two solutions. 
Um, and it's showing here, there's supposed to be a number layer two total value lock change over 30 days. Um, there's a website specifically that handle all these stats. I just can't think of it right now. Um, so I'll think of it later, but here's some of the different layer two solutions, Arbitrum, Optimism, Matus, Andromeda, and the Boban network. Uh, let me uh, scale this out so the viewers of the tube, in order to steal that phrase from Chico Crypto YouTuber. Um, uh, yeah, those are four examples of layer two solutions. Now, none of these four have, well, Boban network has had a token, but as Ethereum goes to Ethereum 2.0 and as things start to scale out um, and as it, we just got an announcement that Optimism um, is now going to be doing an airdrop, right? And um, that's awesome. Um, that's I, I was kind of waiting for one of the layer two solutions um, or bridge protocols to start to have their, their token drop. And once one of them drops, they're all going to drop. Um, so... Yeah, here's uh, application-specific Layer 2s. There's Loopring. ZK Sync is another one that doesn't have a token. Um, the DYDX, they did a token drop, and that was a big one. Um, and Optimism has not had a token up until just this current airdrop. Arbitrum does not have a token. Um, and then another one, a bridge, is Hop Protocol. And so... A lot of times, right currently, right now, in order to um, use a layer two solution, you have to connect your MetaMask wallet uh, up in your browser, and you have to use one of these bridges, an Optimism bridge, an Ar Arbitrum bridge, and then you have to bridge your tokens to Ethereum. Um, so, say for instance, you have some USDC or just some Ethereum, you know, and you have to bridge it up there first. And that initial transaction can be kind of high because it is an Ethereum transaction. But once you get a a yes, I can't even talk a batch of tokens um, up. Uh, up on a the up on the layer two solution, then you're free to roam wherever you want to do because there's a lot of different applications um, uh, on uh, on these uh, layer two solutions. So here's Arbitrum Portal, um, and this is kind of a list of all the DApps. A DApp is a decentralized application. It's basically a website that you can connect your wallet to. Is what a DApp is. Um, so here is Portal.Arbitrum.One, and uh, this shows you a bunch of the different dApps. So once you have your money up on a, a, a web two, uh, sorry, a layer two solution, I mean, there are tons of different dApps that you can use. Uh, decentralized finance, exchanges, um, you know, all types of stuff. Uh, and uh, a lot of these metaverse games are being built on layer two solutions to make the transactions cheaper, you know, so... Yeah, there's there's just tons of different ways you can you know use your money on on layer two solutions in order to be able to earn um, yeah, earn you you could, you could earn high interest rates high APYs on all these different types of ways to save uh, to yield farm to provide liquidity um, to to do all types of stuff you know to to play around in the metaverse you know you can you know battle and do you know game play to earn games on layer two solutions I mean there's just just a ton of things you can do in layer two solutions so you can make a lot of money in layer two and then when you're done just take it out and then just go back to ethereum and then if you need to cash out the cash out but you know if all that stuff that we were just talking about 
is were to have been done on the Ethereum blockchain, it would be completely unfeasible because every transaction, because a lot of these things take tons of transactions in order to interact, it would be unfeasible because the Ethereum gas fees are so high. It's just, it makes it unusable for something that uses tons of transactions. Like for instance, if you're operating in a metaverse that operates on Ethereum only, well, metaverses, you know, a lot of times they take a lot of transactions in order to be able to interact with other characters. Play to earn games take a lot of transactions. Say you're doing battle and play to earn games, you know, and uh, you have to buy and sell, you know, equipment, skins, weapons, you know, food for your character, all this other, all these other types of attributes. Each of those takes a transaction and all that stuff builds up and it's just completely unfeasible in the Ethereum network. So a lot of these games are either A, building their own blockchain or B, they're porting to layer two solutions, you know, like uh, Polygon or, you know, I don't know if Arbitrum and, and uh, Optimism have games on them yet. I, I imagine they do. Um, so yeah, I mean, here's some NFT um, setups on uh, Arbitrum. There's Arby bots, Arby dudes. Um, and I saw a couple others down here, Battlefly. You know, so yeah, I mean, it looks like there's some things being built on Arbitrum as far as some of these play to earn NFT games. So yeah, layer two solutions make this feasible. Well, okay. So say you want to move from um, Optimism to Arbitrum or from Arbitrum to ZK Sync or ZK Sync to Optimism. Well, like I talked about in my last episode with that Detroit GM tower, you have to basically, if you're in one tower, in order to get to the other tower without some kind of glass bridge going between the two towers, you have to go down to the base floor, walk across the food court, then go up the other tower. And basically that, that food court area down at the bottom, that's Ethereum layer one. So in order to go from Arbitrum over to Optimism, you would have to go down to Ethereum and then go from Ethereum and then go back up to um, you know, from Optimism to Arbitrum or vice versa, right? To the Arbitrum Tower, to the Optimism Tower. Blah, blah, blah. All right. So anyway, traditionally, that's how you would have had to do it. Well, bridges have allowed you to go from one tower to another across the bridges, right? And uh, bridges have been across different blockchains like Layer 1 solutions. You can go from Ethereum to Avalanche. Those are two different Layer 1 blockchains. Or you can go from uh, two different Layer 2 solutions without having to touch Ethereum. And one application that helps you do this is the Hop Exchange. Um, so um, right now, Hop Exchange has been promising their token. Um, so let me just go to their main website so you can take a look. Hop.exchange. And um, man, I, I find myself trying to explain all this stuff for new people each time that I don't really get to some of the juicy news until way into the episode because I'm trying to explain like the foundations because a lot of people that watch my show are new people. Um, so, you know, I'm like, okay, here's what a layer to one solution is. Here's, you know, so I want to do an episode where I don't have to explain any of that crap off the start and I can just go straight into it. All right. So anyway, but it's my nature. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not being condescending. It's just, I, I like to make sure that everything's thoroughly understood. So people are just not looking at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So anyway, um, so here's the hop exchange, right? And it allows you for to hop from different protocols, you know, from, from different layer two solutions. And, um, let's take a look at what hop has to offer. 
I love Hop. I've used Hop several times. Um, I've used Seller Network as another one. Um, there's AnySwap. Um, but anyway, so you can send Ethereum uh, from um, Ethereum mainnet, and that's what Ethereum Layer 1 is. And you can send it to any of these Layer 2 solutions. So you could bridge up or you can bridge across. So you can do, um, you can send Ethereum from, let's say, Optimism to Arbitrum. Bam. And the gas is not that bad, you know? And um, yeah, so it, it, it's definitely not what it would cost as if, as if you would have to go uh, from Ethereum to Optimism or if you had to go from Optimism down to Ethereum and then from Ethereum to Arbitrum. Um, that's more transactions and it's expensive. So Hop Protocol is awesome. I love Hop Protocol. So I've used Hop Protocol several times. Well, Hop just did an airdrop and not the airdrop that somebody in Discord would try to get you and scam you over. So watch out if anybody tries to, to direct message you, DM you, and Discord or Telegram or anything or Twitter, you know, or or on, on YouTube, if you see some kind of scammy video talking about some kind of airdrop, it's not true. Okay, um, so I'm I'm talking about like the the commercial ad. Um, I mean, I know there might be some scammy video videos too, uh, but yeah, I'm not trying to scam you here. Uh, so make sure that the website says app.hop.exchange. And then, um, but if you've used hop before, then you, you probably know what's going on. So, but the hop airdrop is now out and it's now official. It's real. It's not something, somebody trying to DM you about a scam. So let me connect my wallet and I will see if this wallet qualifies. I haven't even looked yet. So I wanted to, Hey, I'm eligible for an airdrop. Um, so, okay. I've used hop some, uh, some, you know, so I don't know what this hop token is worth. Um, but I, I'm going to get 1,591, um, hop tokens. So right on dude. Um, so please review your airdrop details below. Okay. The values above may change between now and the date of the token airdrop. An announcement will be made by the hop team on the official announcement channels. When the tokens are ready to be claimed, the account distribution data can be found on GitHub. That's really cool. All right, so let me go check another address I have here. I just want to see, um, and uh, I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'll check later. Um, so check if your Ethereum account. I, I don't. I don't have an Ethereum account. So let's let me go to this other address I have here. Um, where'd you go? And here we go. So let me just copy and paste this one, and. Uh, Okay, yeah, this one also uh, has, I'll get like 1200 hop for that one. This is because I have used hop to go from one to the other. All right, so that's that's cool, man. So I, I, I'm i really stoked about that. This is what I've been look, waiting for. All right, so now Optimism, they now have their airdrop. So um, Optimism airdrop is coming. What you need to know, Optimism is launching the Optimism Collective. With it, the new op token. Here's how you see if you qualify. Optimism is launching the Optimism Collective, a large-scale experiment in digital democratic governance stewarded by the newly formed Optimism Foundation. Um, the Optimism Collective will be governed co-equally by two the two houses citizens house and the token house the token house is established by airdrop number now let me uh let you in on some you know there's a difference between a token and a coin a coin is like bitcoin and litecoin you know it's uh it's something that is used for a uh the uh, for a transaction reward you know for a mining reward that's a that's a coin um a, a token is an nft that's a token 
uh, think about mana, um, the, uh, the, 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 the token used in, in the, the Decentraland Metaverse, the mana token, which is used to buy land. So it's used to buy another um, crypto asset. So that, that's the difference between a token and a coin. A coin is used as the reward for um, finding a block and, and also for transaction fees. And then a token is used to represent maybe some kind of real world asset or something used to buy something else um, in the crypto world. So yeah, that's the difference between a token and, and, and a, um, a coin. So the token house is established by airdrop number one, bringing in the first, and I think that differentiation between token and coins, although it might not be important to you and me, I think it's really important to an entity like the SEC, who's a really kind of trying to figure out what's a what's a security and um you know what's what's a uh was it security and commodity you know like a, a a coin is a commodity because um yeah it's used as for something like gas you know um where a token is used to represent a different asset and it was accrues value so anyway um yeah this you know, sec splitting hairs there um, so the token house is established by airdrop number one, bringing in the first thousands of people who have engaged in positive, some community oriented behavior. Token holders will be able to vote on protocol upgrades, project incentives as part of a governance fund and more. The token is called op or the op token not ocean pacific brah but uh the op token uh citizens house will launch later in 2022 together the two houses of the collective will drive a powerful flywheel funding public goods that make optimism block space more valuable leading to more revenue for public goods Oh, cool. All right. So let's see here. Op airdrop one uh, criteria. Um, they'll distribute 5% of the op token supply. The airdrop is targeted to people who be behave in positive some ways, contribute actively to their communities and have been priced out of Ethereum. Well, I've been priced out of Ethereum. So yeah, maybe I qualify. Um, so they, they, they have to have ad address bridge to optimism from layer one during early phases of mainnet. Um, I might have bridged to optimism at some point. I don't know if I've, maybe I did like one transaction just to kind of get it in there. Cause that's the thing, you know, with, with all these you know, possible airdrops. So this is why I think we're going to have a layer two summer coming up um, instead of just the, you know, like I talked about the DeFi summer, I think, and I think we're going to have a layer two solution Yeah, I'm, I'm connected. I have my, my MetaMask RPC connected to optimistic Ethereum. I think I might have done one or two transactions just to test out the network. Um, and which is good because that locks me in there to have uh, done something on the, the layer two solution in order to qualify for an airdrop. Uh, I did it on ZK Sync as well. Um, so if ZK Sync comes out with a token and they say they are, um, then I, I've used it before on both of my addresses. So I would qualify just like I, I just demonstrated to you on Hop. Uh, protocol. I used their hop protocol and I therefore I qualified for the airdrop. So, okay. Users priced out of Ethereum. That means address bridge to another chain, but still made an app transaction on Ethereum. And each month after each, each month, each month after they bridged and transacted at an average rate of at least two per week since then. Uh, this top 60% of matching addresses. Bridges include top layer ones by total value locked, Terra, Binance, Smart Chain, Phantom, Avalanche, Solana, Polygon, and General Purpose L2s, Arbitrum, Optimism, Matus, and Boba. Um, addresses that have ha had to have bridged away from Ethereum at least 90 days before the snapshot. So uh, 
I don't know if I qualify for this or not. So let's see here. To find out if you qualify for the airdrop, head over to the governance page. I will open this link a new tab. Um, so let's see, man. Uh, where is that tab? All right, here it is, opening in this tab. So let's go take a look at this optimism.io governance. I want to see if this address qualifies. Um, probably not this address that I'm on. I probably have to switch over to the other address and made a mask. But let, let's see. Introducing the Optimism Collective. So let's connect the wallet. Where are notes? Oh, uh, welcome to the Optimism Bridge. Optimism will never ask you for your private keys or seed phrase. All right, all right, all right. Um, mask. let's connect that wallet. Okay. Let's see, man. Do I qualify for the airdrop? Uh, um, when airdrop, I just want airdrop. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, let's see. It's taking its sweet time, as uh, you know, crypto tends to do sometimes, um, especially when you're connecting wallets. It seems like an eternity, yeah. Um, okay, so um, let's connect. Let's connect. There's a wallet that I use more than others. Um, I'll do that one, and um, you can't see it. It's just okay. So it's connecting two of my different. Uh, accounts. All right, so let's check this one. Where do I find it? Okay, let's scroll down. Public goods are the foundation of our society, but they often go underfunded when incentives aren't properly aligned, forcing many to make trades off between earning a profit and building for the public good. Yeah, true. Um, I talked about public goods uh, whenever I was studying giveth.io, and I talked about the augmented bonding curve. Um, there's a bunch of there's a couple back-to-back -back episodes I did um, about that. So let's see here. Congratulations, you're eligible for the airdrop. Dude, oh, that's awesome, man. So that, it looks like I did do transactions on airdrop. Yes, um, I was a DAO voter. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, so uh, I think through the Bankless DAO, because Optimism and Bankless DAO are in cahoots with one another. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, but I'll need ETH on optimism in order to claim your tokens. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll bridge some Ethereum over there. And you know what? I'll use the hot protocol to do it because I have some Ethereum over on Arbitrum that I can port over. So <laughs> I don't even have to necessarily pay that layer one transaction fee. I can just hop it over uh, from Arbitrum and that'll be pretty cheap. All right, so let me see if this other address qualifies. Um, so that was my... Uh, 742 address. Now let me switch MetaMask addresses. This is a good day, man. I don't know how much all this stuff's going to be worth, but uh, you know, it's free money is free money, man. Well, it's not free because I had to be kind of, you know, I've had to pay my dues in order to, uh, to learn about all this stuff and to kind of try to keep up with it and understand what the hell all this stuff has is going on. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and refresh this page and, uh, <clears throat> Okay, and let's see. Does this other address have anything? As I eat my banana, my banini, the banono. Did you ever sing that song in, in uh, elementary school? I like to eat, eat apples and bananas, and they would replace the A's and banana with all the letters of the alphabet. A, E, banini, uh, banini, banono, bananu. Um, so, yeah, that's a good song. And it taught you the whole concept of replacing vowels without even knowing you're learning a concept. 
All right, so let's see here. Now this one address, I've earned 254 optimism tokens. So that is really cool. All right, man, that's a good day. This is a happy Friday, y'all. It's payday. All right, so I will talk to you guys, um, you know, probably, I don't know, whenever I come on next. But um, yeah, thanks for, you know, jumping on and listening to me and watching me um, find out if I'm eligible for all these airdrops. So evidently I am eligible for the optimism airdrop. I'm you know, just because I participated in some Dow voting. Um, and I believe that was um, my active participation in the bankless Dow and the amount of times that I vote. And I do vote quite often. So if you are in a Dow, make sure you vote and you participate because that stuff is taken note of um, by whatever powers that might be. All right. So, um, Okay, um, you guys have a good day. I'll probably hop on sometime during the weekend. Um, if I don't, I will talk to you Monday. All right, man. Well, uh, let me find this outro. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.